Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morning Star Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, brethren. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your host, Right Worship Brother George Mudry. The one, the only. Kenny and Joe are busy tonight. Well, I think Joe broke his back or something. I don't know what the hell he did. And uh, Mr. Ken is at a stated fellow craft degree tonight. So it's just me. You're stuck with me. We're going to be finishing up this book. We are in the last chapter of the Lost Book of Enki. And uh, it's going to be the, the, the last chapter is a pretty powerful one. So, um read the synopsis of the 13th last time so this time we're going to get directly into it and uh here we go <clears throat> this is the 13th and final tablet in the third region civilized man did not fully blossom what to anana was entrusted she neglected other domains not to her granted in her heart she coveted so she didn't really put much effort into what's going on charles steelman uh, she really didn't put much effort into her own region. She was more wanted a different one. When from Nugki, uh, at the count of a thousand years, kingship away was taken, who the calamity by the end of the next millennium could foresee, who the disaster would have prevented. In that, uh, that in less than a third of one shar, a calamity unknown bef- uh, would befall. Who could foretell? So something big's happening. What's going on, Harvey? How you doing? Uh, nobody really uh, know, knew what the hell was going on. Um, they, he's pretty much doing a um, kind of like a hindsight thing where he's like, well, who, who could have known this was going to happen? Who would have guessed? By Inanna was the bitter end started. Marduk as Ra with destiny tangled. So I believe Inanna was the uh, the wife of Demuzi, who Marduk as Ra, Marduk was the one who I believe threw her at, threw her husband in a freaking, uh, I could be wrong here, um, but he threw, her, he threw her husband Demuzi in basically a sealed coffin and launched his ass into the river. <clears throat> and uh, she's still pissed about it, so... Ninurta and Nurgle, the unspeakable end with their own hands delivered. So Ninurta and Nurgle are the ones who, who deliver something. Why was Inanna, with her, with her granted dominion, not satisfied? Why to Marduk did unforgiving she remain? 
on journey uh, journeying between Enugi and Arata, we've already established that that's the twin peaks of Ararat in Turkey. Inanna, restless and ungratified she was for her beloved Demuzi. There we go. She still mourned. Her love's desire unquenched remained. So she's still pissed off, clearly. Um, for her beloved Demuzi, she still mourned. Her love's desire unquenched remained. When she flew about in the sun rays, Demuzi's image she saw shimmering and beckoning. So, you know, she's still tight about it, I guess you could say. In the nightmare and dream visions, he appeared. I will return, he was saying. The glories of his domain in the land of the two narrows to her was promising. Keep noticing this is like a similar recurring thing in the Bible. Oh, the promised land, the promised land. Uh, this is pretty much it. Now, you know, she's having dream visions of Demuzi. It's kind of, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing it to the story of Jesus Christ, but it sounds quite similar. Um so just take that into consideration when you read the Bible, that this could potentially be a story from prior to the story of Jesus. Maybe. It could be completely wrong, but I don't know. Pretty close. Grab my soda over here to wet my whistle because this is going to get intense. In the sacred precinct of Anugi, Anugi, a house for nightmare pleasure, she established. What the fuck is a nightmare pleasure? All right. To this Ginugu... Young heroes, on the night of their weddings, with sweet words, she lured. Oh, Christ. So she's she's doing it again, using the old, you know. Long life, a blissful future to them, she promised that her lover, Demuzi, she was imagined. Each one in the morning in her bed was found dead. Oh, shit. Uh, it was at that time that the hero, Banda, left for dead, alive to Anugi, returned. By the grace of Utu, of whose seed he was, did Banda from the dead return. A miracle, a miracle, excited Inanna shouted. My beloved Demuzi to me has come back. So, I don't know what kind of lady part she's got going on, but basically she's taking these young guys to bed, and then in the morning they wake up dead. This one guy, Banda, didn't die. Uh, it, it rings a bell in my head, similar to the story of, uh, I guess, Medusa, right? She was beautiful at one point, but then, you know, she gets a guy, and guy falls in love with her, kind of gets, you know, excited, and next thing you know, pillar of stone. <clears throat> uh, in her abode, Bantha bathed with a sash, a fringed cloak on him was fastened. Demuzi, my beloved, she called him. To her bed with flowers beckoned, she lured him. When in the morning Banda was alive, with joy Anana shouted, The power of not dying in my hands was placed, immortality by me granted. Then to call herself a goddess, Inanna decided, the power of immortality it implied. Nanar and Ningal, Inanna's parents, by her proclamation were not pleased. Yeah, they're pissed off. She's saying, I'm a god. I'm pissed off my kids said that too. And Lil and Ninurta, by Inanna's words, were disconcerned. Utu, her brother, was bemused. Give me a second, I'm going to take a sip there. Uh, the dead to revive is not possible, Enki and Ninursag to each other said. In the lands of Ki Engi, Jesus, they could come up with some other freaking letters in your alphabet. It's Ki Engi, E N G I. Key being the first half of the word. 
The people of their good for fortune praised. The gods are among us. Death they can abolish. So to each other the people said. On the throne of Anugki, Banta, his father, Emukar, succeeded. Mughal, great man, his title was. The goddess Ninsum of Enlil Seed took him to be her spouse. So this is kind of going the whole lineal genealogy end of it. The hero Gilgamesh, their son on the throne of Anugki, Lugal Banda, followed. So this is the epic of Gilgamesh. We're getting into this right now. As the years passed, Gilgamesh older grew. Of life and death to his mother, Ninsum, he spoke about the death of his forebears. Though of Anunnaki descended, he wondered, do gods die His mother, he to his mother, he asked? Shall I too? Though two-thirds divine as a mortal over the wall climb to her, he said, as long as on earth you abide, the, dealing, the death of an earthling you will overwhelm. Uh, Ninsun to her son said okay so this is where we're getting to this he's asking about immortality so the gods are apparently immortal this is clearly saying no they're not immortal they 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 just on on Nibiru they live longer they live way way longer than us which in a sense makes sense we've kind of talked about that uh, isn't that similar to Lilith also Ja yeah uh, actually yeah that's a, that's a good one too yes um that's that's yeah that could could be that absolutely um so what this book is saying is that the the gods can die they just die faster on earth because of its faster earth you know revolutions around the sun so she's saying as long you are two-thirds divine but as long as you're here on earth you're going to die just like an earthling same thing why enki was saying i'm you know look bearded tired and old because, again, the faster Earth cycles are slowing down or, excuse me, speeding up their life. Um, but if you are Nibiru, you will be taken. Long life thereon you will attain. To take Gilgamesh aloft to Nibiru journey, Ninsung in, uh, to Utu, the commander, appealed. So the, his mother wants to take him up to Nibiru, get him the hell out of here. Obviously, she wants her son to live forever. Endlessly, Ninsun and Utu appealed day after day with him. She pleaded, let Gilgamesh to the landing place go, Utu in the end agreed. To guide and protect him, Nin Herzog, a double of Gilgamesh, fashioned. Oh, shit. He made him a clone. All right. Here comes the Clone Wars. Star Wars. Wonderful. Enkidu, as by Enki created, he was called. Of a womb he was not born, blood in his veins was not. He was a test tube baby. With the comrade Enkidu, Gilgamesh to the landing place journeyed. Utu with oracles his progress oversaw. At the entrance to the cedar forest, its fire-belching monster their way blocked. Oh, shit. This is a fire-belching monster. Uh, what the hell is a vom red? Lucas Browning. I have no idea what that means. Um, maybe you can elaborate if it's not spam. <clears throat> uh, at the entrance, oh, excuse me, we read that. So there's a fire belching monster blocking their way. With trickery, they, the monster, confused. To pieces, it, it, they broke. When the secret entrance to the tunnels of the Anunnaki they found, by the bull of heaven, a creature of Enlil, with deathly snorts, they were challenged. So this is the... Some sort of a bowl that's blocking it. To the gates of Anuki, the monster, 
the monster them chased at the city's ramparts by Enkidu, it was smitten. So they killed the monster, whatever it was, some bull. When Enlil this heard, with agony he cried, in the heavens of Anu was his wailing heard. So Enlil was crying in a sense. For in his heart Enlil knew well, bad indeed was the omen. For having the bull of heaven slain to perish in its waters, Enkidu was punished. Gilgamesh, having by Ninsun and Utu being instructed of the slaying, was absolved. So Gilgamesh got to live, but Enkidu got uh, got clipped. Uh, still, the long life of Nibiru seeking Gilgamesh to proceed to the place of the chariots by Utu was permitted. So uh, this is somewhere different, I'm assuming. After many adventures, the land of Tillam, the fourth region, he reached. Yeah, he's going somewhere else now. So that one didn't work out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go raid somewhere else now. Through its subterranean tunnels, he proceeded in the garden, precious stones, Zazudra. He met. Um, if you remember Zazudra, he was basically Noah. The events of the deluge, Zazudra to Gilgamesh related. The secret of love, of long living to Gilgamesh, he revealed. A plant in the garden's well was growing. Zizudra and his spouse from getting old, it prevented. So it was a plant that keeps him alive longer. I'd love to know what that plant was. Unique of all the plants on earth it was, by it a man full vigor can regain. This is where you get your your story of the, the, I guess, the fountain of youth, I'm assuming, because it says he was by a garden... uh, I guess. Um, man at old age is young again. This is the plant's name, Zizidra to Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh said. So that's the name of the plant. Man at old age is young again, all capitalized, which I, it's translated to English. But uh, a gift of Enki with Enlil's blessing on the Mount of Salvation to us was granted. When Zizidra and his spouse were asleep, Gilgamesh to his feet, stones tied. Ha! He tied stones with feet so the son of a bitch couldn't run. <laughs> That's funny. Into the well he dived, a plant of being young again he grasped and uprooted. With the plant in his satchel through the tunnels he hurried to Anugki he made his way. When he tired and was asleep, a snake by the plant's fragrance was attracted. The plant did the snake snatch from the sleeping Gilgamesh. With the plant it vanished. Oh, shit. So he had his stuff stolen by a snake. Well, here you go, dumbass. Don't. You got a plant fountain of youth. You eat that shit right there on the spot. You don't stick it in your, your freaking man purse and wait for something to take it from you. In the morning, his loss discovering, Gilgamesh sat and wept. To Inukki, empty-handed, he returned. As a mortal therein, he died. Seven more kings in Inukki after Gilgamesh reigned, then... Its kingship to an end came. Precisely when the count of a thousand earth years was completed, it was. Wow. To Urim, the city of Nanar and Ningle, was kingship first region transferred. To all these matters that in the other regions were occurring, Marduk gave much heed. Oh, here we go with Marduk again, starting shit. Got nothing to do with him, sticking his beacon yet again. By Inanna's dream visions to Demuzi, domain alluding, Ra was disturbed. Yeah, he knew the bitch was coming after him. 
To counteract Inanna's schemes of expansions, he was determined. In the matters of resurrection and immortality, he found much to ponder. The thought of divine godship to him greatly appealed. To be a great god himself, he announced. <laughs> so now we're in a basically a, a title pissing match in a sense. I'm a great god, says Inanna, and then here we go. You got Marduk saying, no, 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 I'm a good god. It's a dick-swinging contest at this point. By what to Gilgamesh in good measure an earthling was permitted, Ra was angered. By a clever way, therewith the loyalty of kings and people to retain, he deemed it. If demigods, the gateways to immortality are shown, let this to the kings of my region apply. So did Marduk in the second region by the name known, oh, excuse me. So did Marduk in the second region by the name Ra known to himself, word say. Okay, so let me just be clear. In one region where he's in command control, he's known as Marduk. Um, if I had to guess, uh, he's talking about Babylon uh, because Marduk was the, the god of Babylon. Ra is being a second region. Ra, we know, is Egypt. So he's, he's again, don't forget, when the Tower of Babel or his tower that he cried creating was destroyed, it confounded their languages. So he's Marduk in one area, Ra in another. Um, I got somebody with a horn outside every time. Love it. Let the kings of my region of Natiru offspring be to Nibiru in a afterlife journey. So did Ra in his realm decree. The kings how to build tombs facing eastward he taught. To the prescribes, a long book he dictated. The afterlife journey in detail it was described. So this is going to be the Book of the Dead in Egyptian mythology. And uh, this is why all of the, I believe, could be wrong, but I believe all of the pharaohs or the leaders were always facing eastward. I believe many of the structures, including um, the, the Sphinx, is also facing due east. How to reach the Duat, the place of the celestial boats in the book was told. How to there by a stairway to heaven to the imperishable planet journey. Of the plant of life partake, the waters of youth to satiation drink. Of the coming of the gods to earth by Ra were the priests taught. Gold is the splendor of life to them, he said. The flesh of the gods it is, to the kings Ra said. Okay. So he's so he's doing a couple things here. One, he's talking about the you need to journey to heaven. It's the stairway to heaven. It's the imperishable planet journey. He, so this is where you're starting to get your stories of heaven, in a sense. Uh, the splendor of life. Eat the flesh of the gods. Right. Gold is the splendor of all life. Uh, in the Torah, if you read the the um, uh, the Jewish Bible, it's one of the first things it talks about is gold. Why? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Uh, but it's in there. You could read it. Um, and then, he again, he's talking about uh, the flesh of the gods it is. I mean, what do you do when you go to church? Take the Eucharist, right? I think it's called Eucharist. I don't know. Communion. You're eating the flesh of the god. It's right here. <laughs> um. To make expectations, uh, excuse me, to make expeditions to the Abzu in the lower domain, gold to obtain the kings he instructed. So he's talking about you got to go down uh, again. I've, I surmise south, uh, you know, southern Africa, 
and get the gold. When by the force of weapons the king of raw lands, not theirs conquer, his brother's realms he invaded. Their ire he caused to arise and grow. Uh, Steve, everything is always wrapped or covered in gold. You are correct, right? Um, we, we still rebel gold to this day. Get me a, I want a ring. I want my gold. I want my, I want a white gold ring. It's always about gold. We still use gold. Christ, our currency is based off of gold. Um, so what he's basically doing now is he's saying, oh, we got to go down and get the gold. He, whoever controls the money, and this is true in, oh, in the Hebrew Bible, yes, everything is wrapped or covered in gold, right? I think also in the beginning, too, it talks about during, the, right in the opening of the Torah, and correct me if I'm wrong, if there's any of my Jewish brothers on here or friends that are watching, right in the beginning, it talks about finding gold by the two rivers. I believe that's right in opening, I guess you could say, Genesis of the Torah. It talks about gold by the rivers. Well, why are they even bringing that up? Like, he just created the planet. Why are we talking about gold? Uh, double check me if I'm wrong, and uh, please correct me. Um, in this instance, you know, getting back into this, you have basically Marduk is telling everybody, uh, yeah, we're going to head to South Africa, and we're going to go get the gold. Now, why would he do that? Because South Africa isn't his land. It's not. He doesn't own it, you know. Uh, why would he do that? Well, as we know, in modern-day war, the person with the most money has the most control think about that that's what he's after he wants the gold because that's what they're all there originally for was to get the gold to save nibiru so if he's got a uh, if he's got a stranglehold or a monopoly on all the gold guess what that makes him everyone has to beckon to his call in a sense because he's the one who's who owns all the gold uh to their father enki they appealed to ptah his father, Ra, did not listen. So, Ta is, is Enki. Uh, to capture all adjourning lands, the kings of Megan and Melula, Ra directed. To be the master of the four regions was his heart's plan. The earth is mine to rule. So, adamantly to his father, he said. So, here we go. This is... Uh, he, he's getting greedy. He wants to run, he wants to run the show. Kind of like what I said. Um, let's get into this. Now, this is the account of how Marduk, supreme himself, declared in Babylon, built Babylon, and how Inanna, warrior king's commanding, bl made, uh, blood made flow and sacrileges allow. Interesting. I wonder if that's like uh, human sacrifice. After kingship to Urim from Anugki was transferred, Nanar and Ningal on the people smiled. At his rank of 30, befitting, as the god of the moon, Nanar, was worshipped. As the count of the moon months in a year, 12 festivals each year decreed. So this is where you get your modern calendar. You got 12 months in a year. This is where you're getting your, your, the beginnings of the Roman calendar as well. I mean, that's what ours is based off. Is the, I think it's called the Gregorian calendar, which is based off the Roman calendar. This is where the Romans got it from, right here. Um, to each of the 12 great Anunnaki, a month and its festival were dedicated. There you go. That, that's the Gregorian calendar right there. So what they did is the 12 months were named after Anunnaki gods. Very similar to what we have now. I mean, again, I've said that, I think, on a prior uh, one of these readings. You have 
July is named after Julius Caesar. August is named after Augustus Caesar. Like, we do that still. That's where the names come from. <clears throat> Through the f throughout the first region of the Anunnaki gods, great and lesser ones, shrines and sanctuaries were built. The people to their gods could directly pray. There you go. Here's your churches or your temples, whatever. In the first civilization from Kiengi to other neighboring lands spread. In cities of man, local rulers and righteous shepherds were designated. Artisans and farmers, shepherd, sh shepherders, shepherds and weavers. There, I'm sorry, I apologize again for the reading of this. Some some of these words are just bizarre. Shepherd shepherds and weavers, their products far and wide exchange. Law of justice were decreed. Contracts of trade, of espousal, and divorce were honored. This is where you get most of your Sumerian tablets and cuneiform tablets, as well as your cylinder seals. Is That's what they mostly were. They were contracts of their trade. They were the, what we have modern-day paper or computers. They, they wrote things out in cuneiform tablets and or cylinder seals. Um, in schools, the young ones studied scribes, hymns, and proverbs, and wisdom were recorded abundance and happiness were in the lands quarrels and encroachments there also were uh so basically modern society today it's just yeah we have we have good times we have bad times we get quarrels we got encroachments we got fights but it seems everything is going you know aces at this point all while inanna in her sky ship from land to land rome near the upper sea with utu she frolicked uh to the domain of her uncle Ishker, she went. Do do, beloved, she called him. D u d u, not do do, as in like he was a giant shit. Um, to the people who were in the upper plain of the two rivers dwelt. Inanna took a liking. The sound of their tongue she found pleasant. To speak their language, she learned. By the name of the planet Lahamu, in not Lamu, Lahamu, which is. Venus, um, in their tongue, Ishtar, Ishtar, they called her. Uruk, her city, Inugki, they called. Dudu and Adad, in their language, they pronounce. Again, here you're getting. This is getting confusing. Here, I mean, I'm reading it. This is. It's getting confusing. You could see why languages were confounded. They're calling each other by different names. People we originally knew were like um, Enki is now called Ptah. Uh, Marduk is called Ra. You're getting, you know, this chick now calling herself, you know, somebody's a doo-doo and a dad-dad, and it, it's just getting, they're confounded. They're, the languages are getting screwed up. Here's another one. Sin, Lord of Oracles, her father, Nanar, they named. Urim City by them, Ur was called. So even changing the name, like, so the city of Ur, which is still in Iraq, you can see the, the ziggurat is still standing. Uh, it's now called Urim City. So they're changing even the, the city names and stuff. <clears throat> uh, Sham, Shamash, bright one, in her tongue, Utu, they called. Him, too, they wore tips. So now Utu is called Shamash. They're, they're fucking it all up. But you could also see what's happening here now, too, is you're getting a divide. Uh, similar to what we have today. French and English fought for how long? Difference of languages, difference of, of uh, civilization. That's kind of what's happening here. Keeping everyone at a perpetual state of, of, of difference. 
uh, Enlil by them father Elil was called. So they dropped the N and he's just Elil. Uh, Nippar by them was Nibiruki, Enki, en- Ki Engi, Lo- Land of the Lofty Watchers, Shumer in their language was named. So now they named it Ki Engi was now called Shumer. In Shumer, the first region, kingship between the cities was rotated. In the second region, diversity by Ra was not permitted alone to reign, he wished. So what he's trying to do is put a stop to it. So if you're going to talk about New World Order, he's trying to put a stop to it. He doesn't. He, he's not allowing them to, to use diversity, in a sense. They're not allowed to change names, have different languages. He's trying to keep it all because eventually he wants to conquer it. How can you conquer a land where you have people that don't speak the same freaking language as you? Or have different customs. Right, Russia? The eldest of heaven, firstborn, who is on earth, thus by the priest to be known he wanted, the foremost from the earliest times, so he decreed in hymns to be called. Lord of eternity, he who everlastingness has made over all the gods presiding. He's fluffing his feathers here. The one who is without equal, the great solidarity in soul one. So did Marduk as Ra above all other gods himself in place. Their powers and attributes to him he by himself assigned. So he's basically saying all the attributes and all the things of the other gods. No, that's me. I'm, he's taking credit for everything they're doing. This is where you're getting your monotheistic religion. Uh, this is where it comes from right here. He was basically not giving credit to any of the other gods, saying he was above them all. And if one of the other gods did something good, he was like, no, no, that was me. That was me. That was me. It's kind of like Joe. As Enlil, I am for lordship and decrees. As Ninurta, for the Ho in combat. Ho being H-O-E, not what the slang is. As Adad, for lightning and thunder. There you go. Adad, which is, um, uh, what's her name? Is it the city? Ah, I don't know. I, I'm getting freaking confused here. As Adad for lightning and thunder, this is your prim, this is your pre-god, your pre-Zeus, your pre-Thor, your pre-Apollo, whatever. As Nanar for illuminating the night. As Utu, I am Shamash. As Nurgle over the lower world, I reign. As Gibble and the golden depth, I know whence copper and silver come. I have found. As Ninkajita, numbers and their count, I command. The heavens, my glory, bespeak. So he's basically inheriting their names, too. This guy's a real son of a bitch. Well, whatever. By these proclamations, the Anunnaki leaders were greatly alarmed. To their father Enki, the brothers of Marduk spoke, Nurgle and Ninurta. Yeah, they got a douchebag older brother who conveyed, uh, who their concerns conveyed. What has you overpowered? Enki to his son Marduk said. Unheard of are your pretend, uh, pretensions. Uh, again, I apologize, guys. This is I'm trying to dumb this down as easily as much as I can. I know it's hard for me because I'm already dumb, but uh, the the reading of this is extremely difficult. So I'm trying to make it so you guys can understand. Uh, unheard of are your pretensions. They were talking about what the hell's with you? Why are you acting like a douche? Basically, in a sense, the heavens. Uh, the heavens, the heavens, my supremacy bespeak, Marduk, his father Enki answered. It's in the heavens. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the god. Uh, it's, written, it's written in the stars. Um, the bull of heaven, 
Enlil's constellation sign by his own offspring was slain. In the heavens, the age of the ram, my age, is coming. Unmistakable the omens are. So again, we talked about uh, the constellations. These guys kind of set it up. The bull, the ram, they're all up there. <clears throat> in his abode in Eridu, the circle of the 12 constellations, Enki examined. On the first day of spring, the beginning of the year, sunrise was carefully observed. In the constellation, stars of the bull was the sun that day rising. In Nibiru-ki, and Urim and Lil and Nanar, the observations made. In the lower world, where the instrument stations have been, Nurgle, the result attested. Still remote was the time of the ram, the age of the, the bull of Enlil, it still was. So basically what's happened is there, the way that the Anunnaki decide who's going to, for I'm surmising this, the way that they decide who is going to be the next leader of the, the shit wagon or whatever this is going to be, they do it by the stars. So again, Anunnaki live way longer than human beings. Okay, So every time that a certain constellation is in the sky at a certain point after thousands of years, 3,000 years, 6,000 years, however long that they decree, that's when, that's who's ever their sign uh, is going to be ruling. You can take this right from the Roman Empire right here. Another one. If you ever notice, you had uh, you had uh, Julius Caesar had uh, the pelican and you had uh, Brutus had the ram or the bull. You had um, Augustus Caesar, I believe, was the Sphinx. And they had it on their chest plates. If you watch the show Rome on, on um, what's it called? Uh, uh, on HBO, you'll see that. That's what they had. That was their that was their sign and their seal. I believe they took that off of this because what you're basically saying is the age of the bull was Enlil's. When his constellation is now out of this line of sight that they're, they're, they're talking about, my assumption would be, again, we can't see it in modern times unless you're out in East Chuckafuck in the boondocks where you can see the entire, all the stars without any really ground light, definitely not here in Connecticut. You can actually see where the center of the universe or the center of the Milky Way galaxy is. And my assumption would be is when that constellation made it to the center of the Milky Way galaxy, ah, time's up. Now it's time for the next guy to move in. So that's my assumption is what we're, so what we're, what we're doing here. We're getting to a pissing contest as to when and Lil's time is over in the age of the Ram, which would be Marduk's times to take over. I hope I explained this. If I, if I, if you guys are confused, uh, write it in the comments. I think I covered that pretty good. Um, where did I leave off? Damn it. Uh, yeah. So it was. They're saying is after they're looking through their instruments and stuff, they're saying that it's still the age of the ram and uh, excuse me, it's still the age of the bull. It's not Marduk's time yet. My assumption is he's going to push the issue and he's going to be like, well, I don't give a shit what time it is. It's my time now. Take a little whack off my e-cigarette here. All right. Here we go. In his domains, Marduk and his assertions did not relent. Bingo. Called that shit. By Nabu, he was assisted. So Nabu, I believe, is his son. Uh, two domains, not his emissaries, he sent to the people that his time had come to announce. So he's going right over the top of the emissary. He's going right there. He's going he's gonna to get up on his, on his soapbox and tell all the people in his lands, hey, I'm the boss now. 
to Ninkazita, the Anunnaki leaders appealed. How to the people, the skies to observe, teach. And now they're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Steve, I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, coincidentally, there is a black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, so... I'm, again, if I was to assume that's um, they're not just going to pick a spot in the sky because, as you know, the Earth spins, it rotates, it, it moves on its axis. So that constellation is never going to be, quote, unquote, in the same exact area as it was last time. Not to mention, I believe the deluge or the, the great flood, they said actually it's believed by scientists, actually turned the Earth off of its axis. Um, I think they're finding a lot of modern scientists that prove, uh, modern science that proves that, that after the deluge, the Earth was was turned, in a sense. Um, and you can take what you want from that. This book saying that another planet is what Nibiru came too close to Earth, and that's what smacked it off its axis and caused the Great Flood. But regardless of the fact, they're finding that after, before and after, this, the the North Pole is in a different spot. So yeah, I'm 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 believing that's probably where the the they're they're gauging it off of. Um going back onto this, um what he's doing is Marduk is basically corralling the people. He's corralling the people, he's over he's going over the top of the governors and the, the the house of representatives and congress and going directly to the people and saying it's my time it's my time now guess what everyone so the anunnaki leaders are now stuck with a conundrum because again a lot of the agigi and the lower anunnaki and the humans that are on there more so the lower humans understand humanity has been repopulating the earth so at this point there's maybe a handful of them left 300 400 500 600 whatever their sacred number is there's that that's it but you have a whole planet of people th that maybe not the entire planet but in these main regions there's got to be a couple hundred thousand people humans that marduk can use as a weapon against the anunnaki the the other gods that he's trying to make his subjects in a sense so what they go and do is in uh and they write in uh right here to the to Ninkazita, the Anunnaki leaders appealed to the people, the skies, to observe, teach. And now he's like, whoa, 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 we'll fix his ass. We're going to teach people how to look at the stars and read the constellations. We're going to teach human beings so that we can sit there and discredit what he's saying. This is a propaganda. This is what, what we're looking at, ancient propaganda. That's what Marduk's doing, and they're trying to fact check him in a sense and say, hey, guys, no, 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 it's not his time yet. In his wisdom, stone structures Ninkazita devi uh, devised Ninurta and Ishker to erect them helped. Okay, so they're they're making things now so that people, they're making their, uh, whatever it's called, uh, Adam's Clock or something like that. It's out in Africa. They're setting up all these things saying, you know, guys, look, 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 see, we can prove to you in all these areas so that people can see for themselves. In the settled lands, near and far, the people how the uh, how the skies to observe they taught you know they're teaching them that the sun in the constellation of the bull was still rising the people they showed okay so i was wrong the sun in the constellation, wherever the sun rises in whatever constellation it is that's how they gauge it okay We're, we got it now steve they um that's how they gauge it wherever the whatever constellation that the my apple watch is telling me i'm fat and get off my ass Sorry about that. With sorrow did Enki these ongoings watch. How fate the rightful order twisted he pondered. So, yeah, he's 
we talked about fate and destiny. Destiny is something you can't change. Fate you can. And what he's saying is that basically he's upset because his son is twisting fate. He's not allowing things to to take the rightful course. After the Anunnaki, as gods themselves declared, on mankind's support, they instead are dependent. In the first region, to unify the lands under one leader, the Anunnaki decided, a warrior king they decided. So they're going to kick his ass at this point. They're like, this son of a bitch is back at it again. Let's go put a beating on him. To Inanna of Marduk, the adversary, the task of the right man to find they entrusted, a strong man whom on her journeys she had met and loved, Inanna to Enlil indicated, Arkbekad of the four garrisons the commander was his father, a high priestess his mother was. Scepter and crown Enlil gave him, Shurakin, righteous regent Enlil him appointed. As on Nibiru once was done, a new crown city, the lands to unify, was established. Agade, the unified city, they named it. Not far from Kishi was it located. Pardon me. By Enlil was Shurikin empowered. Inanna, with her weapons of brilliance, his warriors accompanied. All the lands from the upper from the lower sea to the upper sea to his throne obedience gave. Whew. I wonder if this is the Babylonian Empire or the Akkadian Empire or or Persia. Oh, interesting. At the borders of the fourth region to protect it, his troops were stationed. With a cautious eye, Ra on Inanna and Shuriken constantly gazed. Then, as a falcon on his prey, he pounced. Oh, shit. So Marduk went in for the kill. From the place where Marduk, the tower to heaven reaching to build, had attempted, sacred soil from there to agade did Shura Kin move. Uh, excuse me. These words are difficult. Sacred oil from there to agade did Shura Kin move, therein the heavenly bright object to implant. Enraged, did Marduk to the first region rush with Nabu and followers to the tower place towers place they came of the sacred soil I alone the possessor am by me shall a gateway of the gods be established so did Marduk vehemently announce instructions the river to divert to his followers he gave uh, so of the sacred soil I am alone possessor He's talking about the gateway of the gods to be established in the first region. Followers to the tower's place they came. I'm assuming he's talking about the the um, uh, the Great Pyramids because they call them, in a sense, towers. Um, dikes and walls in the place of the tower they raised. Eshgil, house of the utmost god for Marduk they built. Babili, the gateway of the gods. Nabu and his father father's honor named it in the heart of the eden in the midst of the first region marduk himself established inanna's fury no boundary knew with her weapons on marduk followers death she inflicted she killed his people the blood of people as never before on earth like rivers flowed so they're killing off people now humans because they followed marduk to go take over her lands to his brother Marduk, Nurgal, to Babylon came for the sake of the people Babylon to leave him, he persuaded. Let us peacefully wait 
for the true signs of heaven, Nurgle to his brother said. To depart, Marduk agreed from land to land, the skies to watch he traveled. Uh, so his brother basically said, chill out, wait till it's your time. And, and Marduk said, all right, fine. Um, Amun, the unseen one. Ha, ha, here we go. So this is where you get your amen. Uh, and I'll explain it. They spell it differently. A-M-U-N, the unseen one. That's what amen means, the unseen one. It's taken from, from ancient Egypt and potentially earlier. But that's where you get the name Amun-Ra. Amen, the unseen one. Praying to an unseen god. In the second region was Ra henceforth called. So that's where you get Amun-Ra. For a while was Inanna appeased. Two sons of Shurakin, his peaceful successors, were. Then on the throne of Agage, Shurakin's grandson ascended. Naramsin, by sin loved, he was called. In the first region, Enlil and Ninurta were absent there. To the lands beyond the oceans they went. I'm assuming it probably means the Americas. In the, first re uh, in the second region, Ra was away, as Marduk in other lands he traveled, her chance in her hands to seize all the powers Inanna envisioned, Naramsin to seize all the lands she commanded. Oh, so she's coming back at him now. To march against Megan and Melala, uh, Mel Meluha. Jesus Christ, pick better names. They much, they, they, they're worse than me. Marduk's domains, Naram Sin, she instructed. So basically, she's going after the, the areas that Marduk controls. The sacrilege of Earthling's army throughout the fourth region past Naram Sin committed. Megan, he invaded the sealed Ikur, house of which, like a mountain is, to enter, he attempted. By, the sac uh, by sacrileges and transgressions, Enlil was infuriated. Upon Naram Sin in a cade, a curse he put. A bite of a scorpion did Naram Sin die by the command of Enlil was a gade wiped out. I wonder if right there is your two he's talking about these two cities, Naram Sin and a gade, he put a curse on both cities. I'm wondering if that is uh your Sodom and Gomorrah story. Potentially. At the count of a thousand five hundred years earth did 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 this happen? So this is the uh we're we got a few more to go. And uh, we actually got quite a bit to go, but that's fine. We're going to uh, we're going to we're going to plow through this. Now, this is the account of the prophecy of by Galzu to Enlil in a vision given. So this is the Galzu guy, the guy we talked about. Nobody knew who the fuck he came from. The father of all, as they kept saying, or you know, heavenly spirit or whatever. About Marduk's supremacy, it was how a calamity to survive a man to choose. After Marduk Amun became kingship of the second region disintegrated, disorder and confusion reigned. After a gate was wiped out in the first region, there was disorder, confusion reigned. In the first region, kingship was in disarray. From cities of gods to cities of man, it moved about. So the gods have given up their cities. So they're giving it back to men now. Anugki, Langash, Urim, and Kish, Insin, and to faraway places, kingship was shifting. They're giving up the earth. They're giving it to mankind. They're, they're, they're bowing out. They're like, ah, oh, we're not going to be here no more. 
Then Enlil with Anu consulting, kingship in the hands of Nanar deposited. Uh, to Urim, in whose soil the divine heavenly bright object remain imp- uh, implanted, kingship for the third time was granted. In Urim, the righteous shepherd of men, Nanar, as king appointed, Ur-Nemu uh, was his name. Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, pick better names. Equality in the hands of Ur-Namu established to violence and strife an end he made. In all the lands, prosperity was abundant. So this guy came in, Ur-Namu was the city. Uh, And this guy came in, and Nanar is his name. And he put it all at ease. He basically, he, he fixed shit, took care of it. Sorry, I had to take a puff. It was at that time that in the nightmare Enlil a dream vision had. The image of a man to him appeared, bright and shining like the heavens he was. This is kind of description of angels. Uh, as he approached by Enlil's bed stood, Enlil, the white-haired Galzu, recognized. He recognized him. Was he seen him before? In his left hand, a tablet of lapis lazuli he was holding. The starry heavens on it were designed. By the twelve constellation signs were the heavens divided to them with his left hand, Galzu pointed. From the bowl to the ram, Galzu, his pointing shifted. Three times the pointing he repeated. Then in a dream vision, Galzu spoke up to Enlil, thus said, The righteous time of benevolence and peace by evil doing." And bloodshed will be followed. So, what he's basically saying is, it's all, it's all peaches and cream now. But there's going to be evil doing and bloodshed coming up. And this is where we're going to get into the war. In the three celestial portions, the ram of Marduk, the bull of Enlil, will replace one who himself, as supreme god, has declared supremacy on earth, will seize. Oh, so he's basically saying Marduk is going to take over the earth. A calamity as has never before occurred by fate decreed it will happen in other words they're going to decide to do this not by destiny as at the time of the deluge a righteous and worthy man must be chosen by him in his seed will civilize mankind as by the creator of all intended be preserved so did galzu the divine emissary to enlil in a dream vision say when enlil enlil from the nighttime dream vision awakened there was no tablet beside his bed was it an oracle from heaven, or did I, or did I it all in my heart imagined? Enlil to himself wondered. So he didn't leave the tablets for him this time. To none of his sons, Ninar among them, nor to Ninlil did he of the dream vision tell. He kept his mouth shut. Amongst the priests of Nibiruki Temple, Enlil of celestial savants inquired. Turhu, the oracle priest to him the high priest indicated of ibru of Ark archabad the grandson he was descended sixth generation of nibiruki priest he was with the royal daughters of urim's kings they were intermarried get yourself to nanar's temple in urim the heavens for celestial time to observe 72 earth years is the count of the celestial portion, the passage of three thereof carefully record. So did Enlil to Turku, or Tirhu, the priest said. The prophesied time he made him count. 
So he, he's double checking the shit. He's like, oh, wow, is this really going to happen uh, when the time comes? While Enlil, the dream vision of his portents pondered, Marduk from land to land went. Of his supremacy, yeah, he's, he's, he's scouting, he's doing recon. Of his supremacy, the people he was telling to his followers' gain was his purpose. In the lands of the upper sea, in the lands of Ki-Engi, bordered Nabu, Marduk's son, was the people inciting. To seize the fourth region was his plan. Yeah, so he, he's he's corralling all of his people to take this shit. Between the, de- de- uh, between the dwellers of the west and the dwellers of the east, clashes were occurring. King's host of warriors formed. Caravans ceased going. The walls of cities were raised. When they raised city walls, it means they knock them to the ground. What Galzu had foretold indeed is happening, and Lil to himself said, Upon... Turhu and his sons of worthy lineage descended, and Lil set his gauge. This is the man I choose, by Galzu indicated, and Lil to himself said. So this Tirhu guy is the uh, is his his choice. To Nanar, without the dream vision retelling, and Lil to his son thus said, In the land between the rivers whence Arkbad had come, a city like Urim established, a home abode away from Urim, let it be for you and Ningal be. In its midst, a temple shrine established. The priest prince Tirhu in charge, therefore, appoint by his father's words abiding. Nanar in the land of Arkbad, the city of Haran, established. To be high priest in the temple shrine Tirhu, he sent his family with him. When the two celestial portions of out of the prophesized three were complete, did Turan in Huron and Heron go, excuse me. At that time, Ur Namu, the joy of Urim in the Westlands from his chariot fell and died. Oh shit. On the throne of Urim, his son Shulgi him succeed. Full of vile and eager for battle Shulgi was. So this guy's a warhawk. He wants to fight. In Nibiruki Himself high priest he anointed. In Nugki, the joys of Inanna's vulva he sought. That's 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 romantic. He's basically going to meet Inanna at a banger, in a sense. Warriors from the mountain lands to Nanar be not be beholden. In his army he enlisted. With their help, the Western lands he overran, the Sanctity Mission Control Center he ignored. So what you're getting is, you're, you're, let me break this down as best as I can. What you're getting is you're getting like maneuvers, battle plans. They're playing chess right now. This person's marrying this person. This person's marrying that person. Um, they're, they're moving into lands. They're, they're taking cities but not taking them. They're, they're, they're picking and choosing. So they're kind of setting up the, well, kind of what you're seeing right now. <sighs> going on in, in between NATO and Russia and they're 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 setting up lands they're they're setting up that's what we've been seeing excuse me not what's going on now what we've been seeing for years now you know Russia in a sense trying to put all its chess pieces while NATO's doing the same and we all know what happens when you start moving chess pieces around eventually you run out of spots um the rulers of your region all bounds have exceeded Enki to Enlil bitterly said. So now the fathers are getting pissed off at each other. They're like you're 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 taking up all the land. You're you're not allowing room for movement. Of all the troubles Marduk 
is the Fountainhead, and Lil to Enki retorted. So the the father's getting to a pissing match now. Still the dream vision to himself keeping, and Lil to, to uh, Tirhu, his attention turned. Upon Ibru-um, the eldest son of, uh, I'm assuming that's Abraham, and Lil cast a choosing gaze. Uh, a princely offering valiant with the priestly secrets acquainted Ibram was I-B-R-U-U-M. That's definitely Abraham. To protect the sacred places, the chariots ascents and descents enable Enlil Ibrahim go to go commanded. No sooner did Ibram and Haran depart than in the, that city Marduk arrived. The defilements he too had observed as birth pangs of the new order he them deemed. From Haran on the threshold of Schumer, his final thrust he planned. From Haran to the edge of Ishker's domains situated, the raising of armies he directed. I would love to see this shit on a battle map. Oh, I would love to see it. When 24 earth years of his sojourn in Haran had passed, Marduk to the other gods of whomever descended, tearfully an appeal made, confessing his transgressions but insisting on his lordship to them he thus said, O gods of Haran, O great gods who judge, learn my secrets. As I girdle my belt, my memories I remember. I am the divine divine Marduk, the great god, in my domains as Ra I am known. For my sins to exile I went, to the mountains I have gone, in many lands I wandered. From where the sun rises to where the sun sets I went, to the land of Ishker I came. Twenty-four years in the midst of Haran I nested, an omen in its temple I sought. Until when, about my lordship and omen in the temple I asked, your days of exile are completed. To me the oracle in the temple said, O great gods of who the fates determine, let me to my city set my course. My temple Eskil, Eskil, Esagil, whatever. My temple Esagil as an everlasting abode establish. A king of Babylon install. In my house let the Anunnaki gods assemble. My covenant accept. So did Marduk confessing and appealing to all the other gods coming announce. I think this is a setup. It sounds like it's it's a it's a chess move, personally. Uh, by his appeal for their submission, the Anunnaki gods were disturbed and alarmed. To a great assembly, council to take, and Lil, them all summoned. All the Anunnaki leaders in Nibiruki gathered. Enki and Marduk's brothers also came. About the happenings, all of them were agitated. Opposed to Marduk and Nabu, they all were. In the Council of the Great Gods, accusations were rampant. Recriminations filled the chamber. What is coming, no one can prevent. Let us Marduk's supremacy accept. Enki alone counseled. Okay, so so let me go back to what he was basically saying. Yeah, I did some bad shit. Um, Marduk, this is what his basically his, his plea was in a sense. He confessed, yeah, I did some stupid shit back in the day. He's like, uh, but it's still not stopping the fact that I'm a god. And he's basically giving them amnesty, saying that if you come here underneath my house and you listen to me and abide by me, all be well. 
So what these guys did is they went and they had their own little council and they said, this guy's out of his goddamn mind. So what they're basically saying is um, he's going to fight. He's going to fight. There's no, there's no stopping him. Uh, what can we do? And then what is coming, no one can prevent. Let Mark Duke's supremacy accept. So his father's saying, just accept it. Just, let's just bow down to him. If it is the time of the ram coming, let Marduk of the bond heaven earth deprive. Enlil in anger protested. So basically what he's saying, if it's his time, sure, he can run earth. He can control earth. But I'll be damned if I'm giving him access to Nibiru. To obliterate the place of the celestial chariots, all except Enki agreed. So they all agreed. They all basically said, yeah, we're down with it. Let's let's cut his access up to uh, up to heaven in a sense. To use, therefore, the weapons of terror, Nurgle suggested. Only Enki was opposed. So the weapons of terror. My assumption would be something nuclear. Um, of the decision, Earth to Anu, words pronounced. Anu to Earth, the words repeated. What was destined to be, be your decision to undo will fail. So did Enki say as he departed. The evil thing to carry out, Ninurta and Nurgle were selected. So we got uh, about four more pages, and then this is going to be the end of it. Um, now, this is the account of how the de fate of destiny did lead, how step by step, some in long forgotten times taken, the great calamity made happen. Now, let it for all time be recorded as remembered. When the, Now, mind you, this is Enki writing this. He's pissed off about it, and he's basically saying, let make sure this is written and remembered. When the decision to use the weapons of terror was made to himself and Lil, two secrets kept. To no one before the terrible decision was made did Enlil the secret of Galzu dream reveal. Why didn't he? Because obviously if he had said, yeah, Galzu came down and told me we're going to use weapons of war prior to actually using weapons of war, or the, the weapons of terror, excuse me, they all would have put a stop to this shit. He didn't want it to stop because he hates Marduk. He hates Enki. He hates his whole damn family lineage. And, and Lil has been setting his own kids up to run this shit show since the jump. To no one until the fate, fateful decision was made did Enlil his knowledge of his terror's hiding place disclose. So yeah, Enki, a long time ago, hid the weapons of, of terror. He told... Uh, one of the other guys, I think it's Al Alzu or Al, whatever his freaking name was. Don't tell Enlil where the hell they are. And he went and told Enlil, and then Enlil went and got him and didn't tell anybody else that he had him. When, despite all protestations, the council to use weapons of war permitted, when Enki, angry and distraught, to the council chamber left, in his heart, Enki was smiling. Only he knew where the weapons were hidden. So did Enki think. For it was he, before Enlil to Earth had come, who with Abgal, in the place unknown to the weapons, did hide. So Enki still think he's laughing. He's, Use the weapons, you're never going to find them. But he actually knew where they were. When Enki, this second secret, heard in his heart a wishful thought he harbored, that after such a long sojourn, the weapon's terror would have been evaporated. In other words, he's hoping they decayed. After it's been so freaking long, they've been buried. I hope they're, they're useless. Little did Enki expect a long sojourn, a calamity as never before known to Earth cause. Thus, it was that without Enki needing Enlil to, the, to heroes, the hiding place disclosed. 
those seven weapons of terror, damn seven, in the mountain they abide, to them Enlil said, in a cavity inside the earth they dwell, with the terror to clad them is required. Then the secret of how the weapons from their deep sleep awaken, Enlil to them did it reveal. Before the two sons, one of Enlil, one of Enki, to the hiding place departed, Enlil to them words of forewarning said, Ere the weapons are used by the Anunnaki, must the chariots place be vacated. Yeah, it's a nuclear fucking bomb. It's going to wipe you out too. The cities must be spared. The people must not perish. So he's just basically going to wipe out the airport. If I could break this down in, in modern times, he's taking these nuclear weapons. He's going to bomb the two space stations. or the, or the, the He's going to bomb Cape Canaveral so that the cities around will be spared, but he won't have access to get up into space anymore. Uh, in his skyship, Nurgle to the hiding place sword. Ninurta by his father was delayed. A word to his son alone and Lil wished to say, a secret to him alone reveal. About the prophecy of Galzu and the choosing of Ibram to Ninurta he told. Hot-headed is Nurgle. Make sure that the cities are spared, that Ibram is forewarned. Um, to Ninurta and Lil said, when Ninurta at the weapons place arrived, Nurgle from the cavity, he had already brought them out. As their M.E.s from the long M.E.s, as capital just M.E., from their long slumber he awakened. So M.E.s can't be, M.E.s got to be um, like computer chips, I guess, or key cards or something like that. To each one of the seven Nurgle, a task name gave. So he named the freaking weapons. where you get the, what is it, little boy and the, the nuclear weapons that were dropping here, Shaman Nakasaki. So these are the names he gave him. The one without rival, the first weapon he called. The blazing flame, he named the second. The one who with terror crumbles, he called the third. Mountain military called the fourth. It's a badass freaking name. When that the rim of the world seeks, he named the fifth. The one who above and below no sp no one spares was the sixth. The seventh with monstrous venom was filled. Vaporizer of living things, he called it. These are all nuclear weapons. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. With Anu's blessing were the seven to Nurgle and Ninurta given, therewith to, de to destruction wreak. When Ninurta at the place of the weapons of terror arrived to destroy and annihilate, Nurgle was ready. Of course he was. He's the hothead. I shall kill the son. I will annihilate the father. Nurgle with vengeance was shouting, Oh shit, they're coming after Enki. The lands they covet will vanish. The sinning cities I will upheaval. So did Nurgle enraged announce. Valiant Nurgle, will you the righteous with the unrighteous destroy? So did Ninurta his command ask. You can kill the bad guys with the good guys because it's basically what you're going to do. Uh, the instructions of Enlil are clear to the selected targets the way I will lead. You behind me will follow. The decision of the Anunnaki to me is known, Nurgle to Ninurta said. For seven days and seven nights, you go, repeating, the signal from Enlil to the two awaited. As was his intention when his waiting was completed, Marduk to battle returned. In the presence of his fathers, with weapons armed, his supremacy declared a thousand and seven hundred and thirty-six was the count of earth years then. On that day, on that faithful day, Enlil to Ninurta 
a signal sent. To Mount Mashu, Ninurta departed. Behind him, Nurgle followed. The mount and the plain in the heart of the fourth region, Ninurta from the sky surveyed. So I'm just going to make a, make an assumption here. Uh, and I have listened to um, Zechariah Sitchin talk about this before on, on um, interviews about where he believed that this area was. talks about a mountain on a plain. I believe this is a Sinai Peninsula, and this is where you get Moses heading toward the mountain looking for God, but there's no city there. Uh, I believe that that's where a, and if you look at the story of Moses, uh, I said Noah, I meant Moses. Moses, he went to the Sinai Peninsula. He wandered around the Sinai Peninsula for 40 days and 40 nights. In my personal opinion, why? He was looking for this place to get to heaven, in a sense, to get to Nibiru. He probably didn't know what the hell it was, because again, this is thousands of years. Uh, but that's why I think he went to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is nowhere freaking near either Egypt nor Israel. Um, so I believe he was looking for the, the where the gods ascended and descended from Earth. Uh, stop me if I'm wrong. Comments if you have any. If you think I'm right. If you think I'm completely off my rocker. Uh, but if you ever look at the bottom of Sinai, they have basically burn marks it's it's white hot sand and then you got black everything tarnished in black um with a squeezing in his heart to nurgle a sign he gave keep off to him he signaled then the first terror weapon from the skies ninurta let loose the top of mount mashu with a flash it sliced off the mountain's innards in an instant it melted Above the place of the celestial chariots, a second weapon he unleashed. With a brilliance of seven suns, the plains rocks into a gushing wound were made. The earth shook and crumbled. The heavens after the brilliance were darkened. Jesus Christ, this is scary to freaking listen to. Uh, only because we have nuclear weapons now and we're in such a state of disarray in the world to hear what these things would do. All of the forest that the plain had surrounded, only tree stems were left standing. It is done, Ninurta, from his skyship. His black divine bird words shouted. The, the control that Marduk and Nabusu coveted, of it they are forever deprived. So they dropped two, in a sense, nuclear bombs on this area. Then to emulate Ninurta, Nurgle desired to be Era, the annihilator, his heart him urged following the king's highway to the verdant valley of the five cities he flew oh shit so he's about to bomb some other shit in the verdant valley where nabu the people were converting nurgle as a caged bird to him squash planned so nurgle basically disobeyed orders he's like i'm going to fuck him up yeah i don't care over the five cities one after the other Era upon each from the skies a terror weapon sent. The five cities of the valley he finished off. To desolation they were overturned. With fire and brimstones they were, uh, they were upheaved. All that lived there were to vapor was turned. By the awesome weapons where mountains toppled, where the sea waters were barred, the bolt broke. Down into the valleys, the sea's waters poured. By the waters was the valley flooded. When upon the cities, ashes of the water poured, steam to the heavens was rising. Yeah, it turned all the water to steam. 
It is done, Era in his skyship shouted. In Nurgle's heart, there was more, no more vengeance. Surveying their evil handiwork, the two heroes, by what they saw, were puzzled. By a darkening of the skies where their brilliances flowed, then a storm to blow began. Yeah, that's what happens. Because all the ash and soot get ejected up into the atmosphere and it creates basically storm clouds. Swirling within a dark cloud, gloom from the skies an evil wind carried. As the day wore on, the sun on the horizon with darkness it obliterated. At nighttime, a dreaded brilliance skirted its edges. The moon at its rising, it made disappear. <clears throat> so they're calling basically the radiation cloud an evil wind. <clears throat> when the dawn the next morning came from the west, from the upper sea, a storm wind began blowing. Yeah, winds blow west to east. The dark cloud eastward it directed toward the settled lands did the cloud spread. Wherever it reached, death to all that lives mercilessly it delivered. From the valley of no, no pity, by the brilliances spawned toward Schumer, the death was carried. To Enlil and Enki, Ninurta and Nurgle, the alarm sounded. Unstoppable the evil wind, death it to all delivers. The alarm Enlil and Enki to the gods Schumer, the gods of Schumer transmitted. Escape, escape to them, they all cried out. Let the people disperse, let the people hide. From their cities, the gods did flee. Like frightened birds from their nests escaping, they were. Yeah, of course, these fuckers take off in their freaking ships and let all the people on the ground freaking die. The people by the lands, the people of the lands by the evil storm's hand were clutched. Futile was their running. Stealthily was the death. Like the ghost of the fields, the cities it attacked. The highest walls, the thickest walls, like floodwaters it passed. No door could shut it out. No bolt could turn it back. Those who behind the locked doors hid themselves in their houses like flies were felled. Those to the streets fled in the streets where their corpses piled up. Cough and phlegm the chests filled. Their mouths with spittle and foam formed up. As the evil wind, the people unseen engulfed, their mouths were drenched with blood. Slowly over the lands, the evil wind blew from west to east over plains and mountains it traveled. Everything that lived behind, it was dead and dying. People and cattle all alike perished. The waters were poisoned in the fields, all vegetation withered. From Eridu in the upper south of Sapar in the north did evil wind the land overwhelm. Babylon, where Marduk declared supremacy by the evil wind, was spared. <sighs> Shit. All right, we got like two pages left, and then we're all set with this. Whose false omens proclaimed, whose true prophecies could pronounce. Therefore, to keep myself the words of Galzu, I decided. He was truly the creator of all's emissary. Was he my hallucination? Let whatever has to happen, happen. So to myself, I said. To his brother's words, Enki listened. His head up. Uh, oh, excuse me. Did I miss something here? Oh, the 14th tablet. Okay. I'm sorry. There's another tablet. So I'm actually going to end this here. Um, 14th tablet. Um, yeah, so basically what, what just I didn't realize was another tablet. So it's not the last tablet. I'm going to have to uh, change the uh, podcast um, thing here because we still got uh, 
I only got two pages left to help. Let's do the 14th tablet. Uh, Babylon, where Marduk supremacy declared by the evil wind was spared. Uh, so Babylon didn't get whacked by it. Which is funny because, again, we've talked about the 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 empire of uh, Sumeria, or the Sumeria itself. It just disappeared one day. just wasn't there anymore. All the land south of Babylon, the evil wind devoured. The heart of the second region it also touched. When in the aftermath of the great calamity, Enlil and Enki to survey the havoc they met. Enki to Enlil, the sparing of Babylon as a divine omen considered. That Marduk to supremacy had been destined by the sparing of Babylon is confirmed. So did Enki to Enlil say. The will of the creator of all it must have been, Enlil to Enki said. Then to, yeah, this is the third fucking time that Enlil tried wiping something out. And it was like, oh, it must be divine. M must be, uh, m must be, uh, not fate, uh, destiny. Must be destiny. Thank you for having some freaking foresight to it. Like, uh, <sighs> dumbass. Then to him, the dream vision of the prophecy of Galzu Enki reveal, uh, Enlil revealed. So he's now telling his brother after he's just wiped out half of the Middle East. If that by you was known, why did you use the weapons of terror not to prevent? Enki himself said, my brother, Enki to Enlil, with sorrowful voice said, enough seen was the reason. Whenever you are coming, whenever after you're coming to earth, the mission by obstacle obstructed was the a way the obstruction to circumvent we have found. Of that, the fashion of the earthlings, the greatest solution. Also, the fountain of a myriad unwanted twists and turns it was. When you have the celestial cycles fathomed all the constellations assigned, who in them the hands of destiny could foresee? Who could, between our fates and our unbending destiny, distinguish? Whose false omens proclaims, whose true prophecies could pronounce? Therefore, to keep to myself the words of Galzu, I decided, when he truly the creator of all's emissary, was he my hallucination? Let whatever is to happen, happen. So to myself, I said, to his brother, words and key listened. His head up and down, he nodded. The first region is desolate. The second region is in confusion. The third region is wounded. The place of the celestial chariots is no more. That is what has happened, Enki to Enlil said. If that was the will of the creator of all, that is what of our mission Earth remained. Um, by... The ambitions of Marduk was the scene sown. What of the crop resulted is for him to reap. So did Enlil to his brother Enki say. Then he the triumph of Marduk accepted. Let the rank of fifty by me for Ninurta intended to Marduk instead given. Let Marduk over the desolation in the re regions his supremacy declare. As for me and Ninurta, we will in his way no longer stand. To the lands beyond the oceans we will depart, that we have all, uh, what we have all had come for, the mission to ob obtain for Nibiru gold we will complete. So did Enki, uh, Enlil to Enki say. Dejection was in his words. Would similar, uh, would different matters have been, were the weapons of terror unused? Enki to his brother challenged. 
Should we have had words of Galzu to Nibiru not returned heed? And Lil retorted, should Earth mission be stopped when the Anunnaki mutinied? I did what I did. Did you do what you did? The past undone cannot become. Is not in that to a lesson? Enki asked them both. So they're basically going back and forth. They're contemplating here. Like, what could we have done different? It is not what happened on Earth, what on Nibiru had taken place mirrored, is not in that tale of the past, the outline of the fortune written. Will mankind in our image created, our attainness and failures repeat? <laughs> it's a contemplation. Enlil was silent. As he stood up to leave, Enki to his arm extended. Let us lock arms as brothers, as comrades, who together challenges on an alien planet confronted. So did Enki to his brother say. And Enlil, grasping his brother's arm, hugged him well. Shall we meet again on Earth or on Nibiru? Enki said. Was Galzu right that if we die, we will go to Nibiru? Enlil responded. Then he turned and departed. Alone was Enki left. Only by the thoughts of his heart was accompanied. How it all began and how thus far ended and sat he pondered. Was it all destined or was it fate? that by this decision had fashioned of heaven and earth by cycles within cycles regulated um what had happened will again occur in the past in the future will the earthlings the anunnaki emulate will earth relive nibiru will he the first to arrive the last one to leave be besigned besieged by thoughts and key a decision made all the events and decisions starting with Nibiru to this day on earth to put into record a guide for future generations to become. Let posterity at a time by destiny designed. The record read, the past remember, the future as prophecy understand. Let the future of the past the judge be. These are the words of Enki, firstborn of Anu of Nibiru. Fourteenth tablet, the words of the Lord Enki. Written from the mouth of the great Lord Enki. Not one word missed, not one word added, by the master scribed in Dubsar, a man of Eridu, son of Udbar, by the Lord Enki, with long life I have been blessed. And that is the end of the Book of Enki. That is some powerful shit. And uh, all I can really say is that, given our current events in the world, I really, really hope that that either you people out there will listen to my last tablet that I just read and uh, and, and apply it to their life, um, especially world leaders, because uh, we're pretty much sound like we're repeating the same mistakes that they made. So with that, I'm going to shut this down. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, again, I put up a, a I put up a poll on YouTube. If there's something else you'd like me to read, uh, I picked up four, I think four four books to, to, to choose, uh, let me know which ones you want. So uh, for the Freemasons Podcast, I'm Right Worship Brother George Mudry, signing off. Everybody, have a wonderful night. No man.